Welcome to Ride the Line, the greatest podcast in sports betting entertainment. My name is Tanner Kern, certified G, bona fide stud, and you can't teach that. See that, Grant? That's the certified G belt right there. Bada boom, man of the people in the room. How you doing? I'm doing good, Tanner. It's Friday. You know, TGIF can't be much better than that. Got the weekend going. We got the NBA back. I know that that's obviously my best time of the year. And Tanner, again, I just got to toot my own horn, man. I'm like over, I'm right at 63% against the spread with the plays I've put up on WSN.com. I'm 64% just overall for me. So I'm absolutely crushing it this year. You're crushing, and that's why you guys need to follow the page, follow the video, follow the subscription, follow the YouTube channel, follow everything you can subscribe to at WSN. It's all free picks. It's all free content. So make sure you're getting it in. 64%. You can't beat that. Yeah, I mean, this is like the best stretch. I I was at the point, um, I was talking with our friend Greg Peterson a couple of weeks ago. I was like, Greg, like things are just going too well for me. I'm going to have the worst losing streak of my life at some point. It hasn't come yet, so I'm – I don't know. I don't. I almost don't know what to expect. Like, obviously, I'm confident in the picks, and that's why I'm taking them. But I, I'm waiting for things to just go wrong, and they aren't. There you go. Get in while the picks are hot. Get in while the picks are hot. Have you ever had a heater like that, where you're like, think this is just going too well. This is too perfect. Something bad's gonna happen. Not many. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's a weird like this is undoubtedly the best run that i've been on like again 64 percent for like what are like 60 percent of the season that's pretty ridiculous so i'm waiting for, for it to go the other way it's just not happened yet i've had some good runs i don't know like i don't know if i've had a run where i'm like oh my god like this is the greatest stretch of my life more than like a few days like a few days has been good you know what, you know what's funny so i have a friend who lives in california his, uh his name is jeff shout out to jeff if he's watching this he lives out in California, and obviously sports betting is illegal over there, but he participates in like a, a group pick em challenge where you make picks against the spread, but even though he can't bet them, um, and they just kind of track results and everything, and they track, you know, if if we're assuming minus 110 odds, this would be your payout and your ROI and all that stuff like that. He hit 66% on his picks for the entire college season. He went like 80 and 40-something. Is that That's crazy. Yeah, for college football? Yeah, for college football. Yeah, that's wild. He's got to he's got to call up a bookie and get some of those bets in. For real, or, he's got to move Nevada. states. <laughs> yeah, go to go to just drive to uh, drive to Arizona or Vegas or Nevada or something. Drive somewhere that's legal. He yeah, needs a bookie. He didn't, he didn't share that information with me until like two weeks ago. I was like, bro, <laughs> this is what I do for a living. You weren't gonna you weren't gonna tell me that he's like he just kept it to himself. Might as well go on Bovada or my bookie or something too. But it's all about the legals. But if you're not in a legal state, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah, I mean, we advocate for regulated sports books, of course. Yeah, but if you're in California, what are you gonna do? <laughs> yeah, I mean, talk to talk to Gavin Newsom. That's the governor, right? Talk to Gavin, see if you can get the job done out there. Yeah. Anyways, we got some picks today in the NBA and college basketball. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel, though. Before we get into those again, Grant's hot. I'm doing pretty well in college basketball. I'm not in like the heater of a century, but we're still giving some winners out here. And you know what? We do hockey a little bit, too. We do everything. Maybe we'll do college baseball eventually. Who knows? But Grant, why don't you get us started with a pick? Yeah, so I will start off. Um, before I jump into them, though, guys, just uh, as always, please check injury reports before games. On Wednesday's show, I said to take the Lakers. Later that day, LeBron James gets ruled out. If you if you tailed the Lakers, then 
I, I didn't, and I understand that I wasn't able to communicate with you guys, but as soon as you logged on to the injury report and saw LeBron wasn't playing, that probably should have been a hint to you that, okay, we should probably rethink this approach. So we did hit the Mavericks last time, and basically we were just 1-0 in my opinion because, again, that's a scratch to me. Going to try to double up, and I got a couple picks here that I do want to share. The first one, and this is one that I did a full write-up on on WSN, so if you want more detailed, nuanced stats and all that stuff, go check it out over there. But I really like the Minnesota Timberwolves at minus 3.5 at home against the Milwaukee Bucks. The Bucks are the worst team against the spread as a road underdog. They just cover 20% of the time, and they're also the second-worst team against the spread just overall. Meanwhile, Minnesota, both profitable in both categories. I believe they're the sixth-best team against the spread overall, which is impressive considering they have the best record in the Western Conference. You know, when you're favored by a large amount pretty much every game you play, and it's harder to cover the spreads, but the credit to them, they've been able to do that. Minnesota does a tremendous job on defense, as everybody knows. They lead the league in defensive rating, allow the fewest points per game, all that stuff. Their defensive rating is 108 for the season. It's a 103 at home. That's five points clear of the next closest team, which is Houston, and it's nine points better than they have on the road. So just think about how good their defense is in a vacuum. It's even significantly better at home. These two teams played a few days before the All-Star break. Now, Lillard did not play. Damian Lillard did not play in that game. But Minnesota still won by over 20 points. They held Giannis to only 17. I don't think they're going to win by that much again. But when I think about the fact that Milwaukee is only 3-7 and seven under Doc Rivers, their defense does look better under him. They're top 10 in, defense, in defensive efficiency with Doc, but they are like 24th in offensive efficiency, and they have the second worst clutch rating. So game within five points in the final five minutes, they are the second worst team during that time frame. They were like top three before Doc showed up, which I think is quite fitting because Doc is known for choking. So I just think there's a whole lot going wrong with this Bucks team, and really they didn't need time off like they needed reps not rest they need to find themselves they weren't able to do that minnesota has been a model of consistency from start to finish this season i think they go home get a win here and it's not a large line like they can win four points is two buckets you're telling me they can't win by two buckets i absolutely think they can yeah i like this here 19 and 5 at home versus the bucks who are 12 and 14 on the road and like how they defended Giannis last time was remarkable especially without damian lillard in there you would think that Giannis would be even better than he usually is or get more attempts and he just they they held him down there bucks have only won two of their past five games timberwolves have won four straight i like the play here i minnesota's a threat down the stretch in the playoffs for sure yeah, this is the thing, I, again, with Greg Peterson. I was talking with him on his show about the top teams in the West. All four teams, because I do think it's – well, I shouldn't say that because I actually really like the Suns and the Mavericks too. But they have their questions. What I'm getting at is those top four teams in the West, which have separated themselves – they still all have questions. You know, Denver's the defending champions, but they're only one game over 500. Right now, they're the fourth seed. So after the first round, they're going to be on the road. Are they just randomly going to turn into this amazing road team all of a sudden? History says that doesn't happen. Minnesota is great in the regular season, but they've got basically no postseason experience, and their offense also gets worse as the game slows down, which is typically what happens in the playoffs. Um, with OKC, I'm not even worried about their inexperience. They're second, the second worst rebounding team and limiting second chance opportunities, all that vitally important in the playoffs. And then the Clippers are injured all the time. So are Kawhi, PG, Westbrook, Harden, are they going to stay healthy? All four of those teams are great, but they all have huge questions. What do you think of Doc Rivers saying during the All-Star break on Sirius XM NBA radio that he uh, did not know why the Bucks were doing what they did? I, I like... I can't look. Here's the thing. 
I know I understand what he's saying. Yeah, I understand what he's saying. I too. have no effing idea why he would vocalize it, and especially in the middle of the season after going three and seven in your first ten games. Like Doc, just shut up. <laughs> you know, JJ Redick went on national TV, said you have no accountability. Then you got some of your former players coming out and defending it. I know Patrick Beverly defended you, but he's one of your current players now, so of course he's going to do that. I haven't really heard anybody stick up for him. You know, and. It's not like we haven't had these sort of thoughts about Doc. Like on the outside looking in, he's the only coach in league history to blow three three-one leads in the playoffs. He's like, I think he's like six and ten in game sevens and like two and four in home game sevens. He's blown numerous three-two, three-one, three-zero lead. Like he's just a mess. So for a player to come out and say that about him, nobody stand up to defend him. It didn't come as a surprise to me. And just with his recent comments, like just look yourself in the mirror, Doc. You have got Giannis Antetokounmpo, who's already won two MVPs, a finals and a finals MVP. You've got Damian Lillard, who's a top 75 player in NBA history. Maybe the best, as far as range, might have the best range in the NBA. He's not a better three-point shooter than Steph, but he might have more range than him. You can work so well with this team, yet you're choosing not to. You would rather complain. I just, I don't get it. No, I understand what he was saying, right? Like nobody knew what the Bucks were doing when they fired their old head coach to go to Doc. But you can't vocalize it on radio. That's going to be national news. Like you just can't do that. Yeah, one hundred percent. All right, Taylor, give us the pick. College basketball. Now we got the Marist Red Foxes. Marist takes care of business. A lot of teams in college basketball don't tend to take care of business because they they miss free throws and they turn the ball over. But Marist, they play really, really good defense. And that's the reason to get on them in this game at minus seven and a half. They are on the road tonight against Manhattan, but Manhattan's a very bad basketball team. Just five and 19 on the season. 2-13 and 13 in the conference. When you look at Marist, they are 14-9 and nine and 9-5 nine and five in the conference. But the, the biggest difference in this game is in the backcourt. The Red Foxes only allow 61.9 points per game. Uh, Manhattan gives up 77.8. So big difference there. When it comes to offense, each team scoring about the same amount of points per game, but Marist goes slow. They're like a, they're kind of like Iowa in football, right? They're going to like totally like just pinch you down, like beat you down, beat you down, and uh, find a way just to, to, win by defense right they're not going to score a ton of points but even if they score 65 points in this game they can easily cover because i don't see manhattan doing much on offense only shooting 40 percent from the field you got to be a lot better against maris to win um than 40 percent from the field got to watch for maris max allen 11 points per game down low but he's also a big presence grabs a lot of rebounds shooting 52 percent from the field as well look for him to be big tonight also a guy i really like for uh, maris Jaden collins just a, a young freshman there but shooting 44 percent from the field pretty efficient takes a lot of hard shots and he's very good with the assist and with the rebounds as well so look for those two guys to shine i think Marish should have no problem on the road tonight i'm not going to pretend to know the first thing about marist and manhattan tanner i'll be i'll be honest this seems a little like the equivalent of, of betting on maction to me Nah, i don't know all college basketball is betting on maction like that's that's kind of how it is. Like these guys don't show up. Very few teams take care of business. Like shout out to Duke the other night for taking care of business against Miami. Like, but Dayton didn't take care of business. So it's like Dayton's a mid major. Like they're the twenty first ranked team in the country, whatever they were. But they're a mid major. They go on the road to to um, George Mason and lose because they're mid major kids that don't take care of business. Like this could be the same thing too. But Marist overall, every time I bet on them, they've pretty much been good to me. Um, and they're a much better team statistically. So you got to bet. We bet teams. Or we bet numbers. We don't bet teams, Grant.
Yeah, one hundred percent. It's a it's a healthy balance of eye test and numbers. And if yeah. if you've if you've got that, I, I have nothing to add here, so I'll trust you. All right, next NBA pick. Um, so I've actually gone back and forth last minute. I was looking at the Cavs minus three and a half against the Sixers, and I would probably, I am probably going to bet that today. But the pick that I officially want to share on the show here, I'm gonna take Jalen Williams, J Dub of the OKC Thunder. Over 30.5 points, rebounds, and assists. So he and the OKC Thunder are going against the Washington Wizards, who are absolutely atrocious. If you need any evidence of that, just go look at what happened against the Nuggets yesterday. The Thunder played the Wizards one time earlier this season. In that game, J-Dub had 21 points, 10 assists, 7 rebounds. And again, his line's... 30 for 30 and a half for all three of them combined. You look at what he's been doing in February, averaging 24 points, six assists, four and a half rebounds. So again, he gets over that line with ease. And yesterday against the Clippers, this is the thing. He was really uninvolved in the offense for the first three, three and a half quarters of that game, really until garbage time. Um, he Well, I don't know if I should call it garbage time because the Clippers kept it at like 12 to 14. So the Thunder still kind of needed to close them out, but they, they, they were going to win that game unless they could totally blew it up. Um, but anyway, he wasn't really involved in the game until like the final six, seven minutes. He still finished with 18, six and four, which if you do the math on that, he was two points, rebounds, assists away from getting to his total. So this is a guy that if he comes out a little more aggressive from the start, and I think he will, you know, the Wizards, again, they're absolutely awful. Shea, I don't think Shea Gilgis Alexander is going to try to go for like 50. I think he's going to look at this as, almost like a night off, like let me get my teammates involved and all that stuff. And with what Williams has been doing against such a terrible defense, the Wizards have the second worst defensive rating in basketball for the year. I think it's a strong night for him. I think he and the Thunder can easily beat the Wizards. He'll have a strong night. Yeah, it's always a strong night when you're going against the Wizards. They are terrible. They're a disappointment. They don't play hard either. That's the biggest thing. Like they just don't, they don't seem to care when they're on the floor. So this is going to be a good bet for you, Grant. I feel it. I appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, they benched Jordan Poole. Like, this was the worst situation for Jordan Poole to walk into because he's such an unserious player, and now he's becoming, you know, I, I think he was the second highest paid player on the team, probably looked at as the second best player, and it's just been a total disaster. He gets moved to the bench last night. Um, I don't know if you saw a play he had, but he inbounded the ball like in, like a foot and just kind of stood and watched. A Nuggets player scooped it up and dunked it. It's I just don't know what's going on in Washington right now. Well, it's a little different for him when you don't have Steph and Clay and Draymond next to you. Like when you when you can come in and play short burst and be amazing against secondary guys when you got those dudes next to you, like there's that's a big difference than being the 1A starter and being the guy that's got to make the plays. Yeah, I don't I don't disagree at all, but he still showed, you know, real talent and playmaking ability and I don't I don't know if it was the discipline that they had organizationally or like he really do, just does need these amazing players around him, but like he was still a good basketball player with the Warriors. He looks awful now. Like truly no, truly horrendous. Yeah, he was he was fantastic, but again, like it's it's different when you don't have like when you can kick it out to Steph or Clay. Um, you got Draymond down low, you know, establishing the paint. You got Draymond just just overall being an enforcer out there for you. It's a little different than when you're working with the Washington Wizards when you are the star and you don't have those guys to to feed off, right? Like if people are focusing on Steph, that's going to leave Jordan Poole open. Yeah, for sure, for sure. All right, what's the second college pick you got here? So I think I'm going to – so I was going to go Quinnipiac uh, minus two and a half here. 
I think I'm going to go towards the under a little more, but I do like both plays. So I would say Quinnipiac minus two and a half, Quinnipiac Fairfield under. It's set at 158 and a half. They're only 130 points scored last time between these two teams. It was a very low scoring effort. The shooting percentages were not good. I think it's going to be a little better in this one. I mean, both teams are very good on offense. Fairfield scoring 76 points per game, Quinnipiac scoring 78. Defensively, neither team is amazing. They're both giving up a low 70. So you know, better than average, but still not not the not the best team in the world by any means. When you look at the way this game's going to go, though, Fairfield is a team that's predicated on making shots. Like if they don't make their shots, they're in trouble because they don't grab a lot of rebounds. I think Quinnipiac's going to grab those rebounds and slow down the pace. The last time between these two teams, Quinnipiac dominated the rebounding battle. They have a much larger presence inside. I think that's going to make the difference. So if Fairfield misses shots early in this one. Look for Quinnipiac to slow down the pace, grab those rebounds, and play their kind of game, which is a much more physical brand of basketball than Fairfield. The reason I like them to win, again, is because of the rebounding battle. The Stags got to come into this game and be very efficient from the field to have a chance. I don't think they're going to have a chance if they're not efficient because even though Quinnipiac only won by two points last time against Fairfield, it was still a game when you look at the box score, Quinnipiac dominated it. Yeah, Quinnipiac's got to be better on defense. They gave up 80 and 96 points in their last two games. So, But again, you know, college teams are just streaky, very, very confidence, very momentum based. If you come out, you get four or five stops early in the game. That really sets the tone for the rest of the 40 minutes. I have no doubt the head coach is drilling that into them. You know, again, we can't let teams get out to these hot starts. So as long as they do that, then they should have a decent shot here. Yeah, I mean, I'm all over the Bobcats. Hey, Quinnipiac alum. Yeah, yeah, you're betting on the alma mater. Did you go? How many games did you go to while you were there? Um, zero. <laughs> I don't have time for that. I have time for the mid majors. Come on. <laughs> you love the oh, mid majors. I do. I do. No, because like you can't bet on them. Like, like, so when you're in the state, obviously you can't bet. So, like, I'm in Massachusetts oh, yeah. now, so I can bet on them. I went to a couple hockey games. Like, the hockey games are fun. I mean, the Bobcats basketball program, they're, they're good this year. They're 19 and six, but they, they're usually not the best basketball team in the world by any means. Um, so the, the hockey team is pretty good, aren't they? This well, they won the national championship last year. I had a blast watching them last year, but this year it's kind of just like they're not as good. I don't think I'm not following following them as closely as I was. But go Bobcats! Go Bobcats! That was my uh, that was my high school. That was my high school mascot. So go I, Bobcats! I did go up to a basketball player last year for a video though, and I was walking by and I was like, "Hey, you going to cover the spread tonight?" <laughs> and he just he, he's not at me. He's like. <laughs> he probably can't say too much. He doesn't. He doesn't get one of those investigations that going on him. And they covered it. it well, I had a buddy in the class. We'd sit there and we would just like think, okay, like are we going to bet on Quinnipiac or not tonight? Because like we were doing, you know, you're doing offshore stuff too and all that, which regulated legal books off forum. But um, you know, when you were in the state, obviously we couldn't bet on him. So that was the yeah. part. All right, Tanner. That's all I got for you, and I think that's all you got for me, right? That's all I got. That's all I got for the people. But. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel, guys. We're giving out winners here. Free winners every single day. It's not rocket science. never been rocket science. Grant, take us out of here. Thank you all so much for tuning in and to Ride the Line. Like the video if you did enjoy. Subscribe to the channel so you never miss out when Tanner and I post again. Jump in the comment section. Let us know what you guys are going to be betting on this weekend. And we will see you all in the next episode of Ride the Line.